Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Welcome to another edition of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I'm your host, Ray Gerard. Uh, with me in studio today, Mr. Sean Miller. He is the Director of Religious Education at the Immaculate Heart of Mary Church in New Melly. Mm -hmm. Hello. And, uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk today about really a very important topic, something that we don't normally think about, and that's why it's important to talk about it. Spiritual gifts. Actually, this is part two mm -hmm. of a discussion I guess you started last week on spiritual gifts. Yeah. And so we're... So it's usually, usually people save the best parts for last. Well, um, <laughs> you know, part two, yeah. I mean, uh, this is the icing on the cake, so to speak. So <clears throat> we're in the season of um, Easter, season of the Spirit. We're reading from uh, the Acts of the Apostles, and uh, really the Acts has been called kind of the Book of the Holy Spirit. So it's good to ponder... Um, Life in the Spirit, after the resurrection, the life-giving Lord breathes the Spirit on the Twelve and on the whole church at Pentecost. We're in that season preparing for that. So this is kind of part two. Um, I always try to speak with a memory aid of sorts, and I, I talked last time about the memory aid for the gifts of the Spirit given at Confirmation, this KFCW Puff, which is Knowledge, Fortitude, Counsel, Wisdom, Piety, Understanding, Fear of the Lord. We'll talk about that briefly. And as well as what we're up against, you know, kind of the world, the flesh, and the devil. So we'll talk about spiritual gifts, <clears throat> their purpose. What you know, really, we're given the spirit of baptism. It's just empowered at confirmation. So we want to talk about these spiritual gifts, and then to really then get into, like you say, part two is the charisms. These gifts that are mentioned by St. Paul, 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, Romans 12, 1 Peter, really like to ponder that each of us have been given gifts to serve the life of Christ in the church, to be his leaven, his light in the world. I mean, this is power. This is what Christ promised. So these are supernatural powers. These are powers we don't have on our own. They're not just natural talents. These are gifts given from above, above <clears throat> to do this work. So that's kind of the game plan for the day. And a lot of people think, well, okay, what you're talking about sounds real good, but that's not me. I don't have spiritual yeah. gifts. Well, the good thing is to say, uh, yeah, you do. Uh, you're just not aware of them. I mean, if you've been baptized and confirmed, you got them. But in terms of these charisms, you probably don't even realize um, what may be available for, for you that you've never really discerned. 
I mean, it's just like having money in an account that you don't even know that you have that exists. Until you know you've got the account, until you know there's funds in it, you're not going to make the withdrawal. But it's like if someone says, hey, we found this account in your name. It's got hundred grand in it. You're like, sweet. How can I use this You know, for the greater good, et cetera? So um, that's kind of the plan. Um, I guess we should probably start with the with the prayer too. We today. should. Thank you. You are correct. <laughs> you're correct in your program host, as uh, and you're, you're you're very well to do that. But uh, since uh, since you did me that favor, I'm going to throw it right back at you. All right. Well, first of all, we know that the Lord said, "If um, what father among you would hand his son a snake when he asked for a fish, or a scorpion when he asked for an egg? If you then who are wicked." Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So let's invoke that spirit today. Let's invoke it each day of our lives. So we pray in the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, granted by the same Holy Spirit, we and all those who are listening, present and future, may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Powerful prayer. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a gift because, you know, when you think about the Holy Spirit, you know, we're, we're talking about like more than just something, someone, we're talking about the Spirit giving his gifts, kind of like, you know, they say if you shine a light through a prism, it, it, it branches out into seven lights of the rainbow colors. So the Holy Spirit, you know, he's 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 got all these gifts to branch out to give to each one of us. And Paul, like if you look at 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, he says a couple things here. I just want to go through those. So in 12, when he says, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be uninformed. So he's saying, first of all, you got to kind of know what these are. Number two, he says in 12.7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That means you, <laughs> listener, me. So we got to ask ourselves, what gifts have I been given to serve the common good as a manifestation of the Spirit? 12.31, he says, earnestly desire these higher gifts. In 1 Corinthians 14, he says, make love your aim and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts but in the context of, of uh, chapter 12 and chapter 14 is a great 1 Corinthians 13, the wedding verse everybody knows, love is patient, love is kind. So Paul says, all these spiritual gifts are meant to serve the order of ultimate love. <clears throat> Again, which we said last time, isn't it this warm, fuzzy feeling? It's not this emotional high or rush. This is self-donating, sacrificial love for the good of the other. To love is to will the good of the other. It's laying your life down for the happiness of somebody else. So we got to think about myself like... Each of us, if you look at the church as like this house of bricks, you know, you think about if I'm not adding my brick to this edifice, it's not as big and it's probably not as strong. So how many times are we not really inserting these this power of the gifts of the Spirit into this church and it's no longer this vessel that it's it's supposed to be? So we really need to say, I've got to discern, you know, what I've already been given a baptism and confirmation and what else maybe could be in addition for that common good. So um, I like to kind of think of these in terms of like uh, fuel. You think about, um, you know, well, like there's this great uh, little part in C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. Like um, he, he, he says this. So like, you know, first of all, when we think about the spirit, we think about the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. These are fruits of the spirit. It's all about ultimately, you know, eternal happiness. But even in this life, it's meant to be this life of, of, of joy, you know. 
And he, he said in his book, uh, Mere Christianity, said, he said, what Satan put into the heads of our remote ancestors was the idea that they could be like gods, could set up on their own as if they had created themselves, be their own masters, invent some sort of happiness for themselves outside God, apart from God. And out of that hopeless attempt has come nearly all that we call human history, money, poverty, ambition, war, prostitution, empire, slavery, etc. The long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. And he says, this is key. The reason why he can never succeed is this. God made us. He invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on gasoline, and it would not run properly on anything else. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. So he's like, you can't expect to be happy apart from God. So that that life, you know, if you don't have the right juice, so to speak, as he says here in this, in your tank of your soul, you know, it's kind of like not having the right fuel in your tank. I mean, there's a funny story. When my brother was 16, my dad... Um, I guess I was 14 at the time. Dad said, hey, go out and, you know, pick up some load or whatever we had to pick up, some wood. And he says, you know, go to the gas station, fill up the tank and whatnot, you know, gave us some money. So my brother, you know, he he fills it up. And, of course, um, as we pull away, conk, conk, you know, it just chugs, chugs, chugs. And we realized that he put in diesel. <laughs> you know, and we weren't going anywhere. And, of course, that you can imagine – I mean, like at the time, I guess we were pretty dumb. I, we didn't really understand the distinctions between <laughs> unleaded and diesel. So then, of course, what has to happen? We got to get a tow. They got to pump the gas out. There's the money. Dad's mad, et cetera. But, you know, if you think about the fuel of our tanks not having the right stuff in it, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your tank, that's the fuel that our souls were meant to burn. Unfortunately, you know, what drives a lot of people today, it's not the fruits and gifts of the Spirit. It's the emotions of anger and fear that, you know, that is the fuel that is animating so many people. Um, you know, like we talked about these plagues of sin, the seven deadly sins, envy, greed, gluttony, sloth, lust, anger, pride, instead of these virtues of love, joy, peace, patience. So ultimately, we got to ask ourselves, what fuels in the tank? What do we already have? You know, so... So really, uh, you think about baptism and confirmation, we're, we're in the season of confirmation, and that's when we first kind of maybe are more, become more aware of the Spirit's working. So the gift of, the, of confirmation is to strengthen those already baptized with these powers of the Spirit. So if you think about what's sealed on the, on the forehead at confirmation, it began at the back of your head at baptism when the priest first anointed you there, and he prayed this prayer. We anoint you with the oil of salvation in the name of Christ our Savior. May he strengthen you with his power. So this anointing of this oil of catechumens at baptism, it's to kind of prepare us for the struggle of Christian life. Just like they would anoint, uh, you know, in ancient times, these wrestlers before their match. It was meant to kind of strengthen their bodies, but to help them in a sense to be slippery from their enemies, so to speak. So you can think about that in terms of the spiritual life, right? we got to slip outside the forces of the evil one as well as to be strong to kind of, to kind of fight. So this is what the anointing is, but now at confirmation, it's on our foreheads to um, give us confidence, like they say, to have avoid this fear of shame, but but to be able to 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 speak and have also this aroma. I mean, that's what separates the oil of catechumens from the from the chrism oil, is that this is perfumed oil to sense that we're supposed to give off the aroma of Christ, you know, to have this life of virtue. But the real kicker is, is that ultimately. 
if you look at what confirmation is really about, it's to empower us in courage. I mean, it's really the sacrament of courage. I mean, uh, there's a guy named Matt Walsh. People might know he's a well-known podcaster. He wrote a book recently called uh, – he's a Catholic. It's called The Church of Cowards. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it really is really an indictment for church at all levels to say, why are we not standing up for the truth of nature and, and of grace? You know, that we're all kind of like, you know, shirking our responsibility. But I, I, I thought of this in terms of like, uh, you know, in terms of our cancel culture, I mean, I know why we're doing it. It's because we know that if we stand up for anything in our personal life, family life, social life, there's going to be consequences. We're in a cancel culture. I mean, how many times do we hear about adult, you know, uh, children canceling their parents right. because they offended them, waiting to be offended or in society, whatever, they're canceling you because you stand up saying, I don't want to do this or that. What do we hear in the readings just from last week where, you know, the uh, Sanhedrin had told the apostles, we told you not to preach. <laughs> right. And yet, you know, these people filled with the Holy Spirit, as the Bible tells us, mm-hmm. then said, but, you know, we, we're going to obey God. We're not going to yeah. obey you. That's I mean, right. if, you, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, courage won't be that much yeah. of a problem. I know it. And you, you, I mean, but you have to face the fact that this is carrying the cross. I mean, that uh, there is going to be consequences. You're going to be kind of not seen as number one on somebody's list. You may not get the Christmas gift or whatever. But this cancel culture and stuff. But I think we got to expect that. I mean, um, I talked to this one priest who was one of the few guys really. He made it his mission to really speak on humane vitae. You know, uh, you know, the church's teaching against controversial. It's controversial even at the time, uh, right? Even yeah. at the time, now, yeah, yeah. And and he said that he had to go up against you know bishops and priests and you know the lady and whatnot. And I said, you know. How did you handle that, you know, to go in day in, day out? He goes, well, he said, I don't have too many friends, <laughs> you know? And it's like, of course, he's got a lot of great friends, but he said in general, right. you know, you're not right. always going to be right. on somebody's top 10 list to say, come preach a mission in our parish. <laughs> yeah, but what do you want? What would you rather have, right? Yeah, so it takes courage. And so, I mean, again, all of us are weak. By nature, we're scared. You know, that's original sin. But we've got this spirit to kind of help you know, overcome our fears, give us a spirit of power and love and self-control. So there's a great quote by St. Seal of Alexandria in the 4th century. He said, With the Holy Spirit within us, it's quite natural for people who had been absorbed by the things of this world to become entirely otherworldly in outlook and for cowards to become people of great courage. I think that's awesome. Like I, I was, um, many folks have either read or watched the movie Lord of the Rings. You think about it, there's a scene in there where Frodo and company, they're faced with like, we, we got to go and destroy this ring and take it back to its source. And so they all know that if they are on this journey, there's going to be hostility and death and violence and their lives are at stake, you know. And so they're all fighting, like, what are we going to do? Who's going to take this ring? And he says, finally, as he's kind of battling his own soul and facing kind of the the temptations of the evil one in, in the movie, he, he just stands up, makes an act of the will, and says, I will take it. I will take the ring to Mordor. And then when he does that, it stops the conversation. They all look to him, and then they all join forces. That's the fellowship of the rings, that they all are going to help Frodo carry this ring to destroy it. Now, so one person has courage, then other people, yeah. they, they'll you know, feed off of that. Yeah, courage is more contagious than fear. Yes. I mean, it really is. Um, but it's interesting. So I'm going to just break in for just a second and just tell everybody sure. that this is uh, St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. We're here today talking with Sean Miller. He's the Director of Religious Education at the uh, 
uh, Parish Immaculate Heart of Mary in New Melly. And uh, we're talking about the spiritual gifts. And besides that, I also want to let people know that St. Joseph Radio uh, Network is hosting the annual Catholic Man of the Year dinner. That's going to be uh, coming up uh, June uh, in June of this year, June 26th. And we're accepting nominations now for people who, uh, who could be the Catholic Man of the Year. We'd uh, like to have those nominations in by May 21st. You can uh, simply go online, stjosephradio.net, to find out more, or call 636-447-6000. There are many people that do a lot of great things. They, f- uh, they fly under the radar. Let's make people uh, know a little bit more about what they do. Nominate somebody. So, anyways, Sean, uh, you were talking about courage, and it's contagious. Yeah, and it's like once Frodo made the the step to take the ring, then everybody joined him. So this fellowship of, of the ring, and, you know, I love the term fellowship in the sense that, like, remember uh, in the text where it says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's that's uh, an intro at Mass sometimes. And um, so we've got the fellowship, but to carry this cross, I mean, the ring really is a symbol for original sin. That's what Tolkien said that I read in some other book. So it's like we're carrying this cross of sin, you know, the effects of original sin, and then personal sin. So we got to fight because along the journey, what do we got? The three main enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And if you go back to like the season of, of Lent when the Lord was tempted when he went into the desert, you can say that you got the three temptations there. You know, he had earthly hunger. And then he was tempted with the power and glory of these kingdoms. And of course, he's dealing with the devil, the liar, the father of lies. And so if you think about that, like for us, we're going to have the similar battles. You know, we've got fallen flesh, so, and then we're dealing with fallen angels and a fallen world. So this memory that I talked about last time, KFCW Puff, think about KFC, all right? Everybody knows it can be a symbol for Kentucky Fried Chicken. We're all like chickens. We're afraid, scared, want to run, you know, et cetera quote, yellow bellies, you know, that we're, we're this absorbed in the selfishness of me, myself, and I. So KFC, W, the world. You know, think of what the world offers, the parable of the sower. Uh, worldly honors, powers, pleasures, fame, these lures, you know. And then Puff, I think about instead of Puff the magic dragon, I'm thinking about the big bad wolf. I'll huff and puff and blow your house of grace down. The temple of the Holy Spirit, that's really what evil and its darkness forces fallen angels want to do is they want to destroy misery loves company. So they want to destroy your life in the spirit. You know, so I broke it down to kind of lust, lures, and lies. That's what the flesh, the world, and Satan wants to do. You think about lust of the flesh, it wants to use people. The lures of the world, it, it wants to choke out the spiritual life. And, of course, the father of lies, he wants to draw you lying and draw you in his den the whole way. And so if you need to combat lust, lures, and lies, if we are living in a world where there is a devil who wants nothing better than to see the ruination of our souls. I mean, if we believe in God, I mean, if there's a God, then, I mean, there is a devil. Yeah. Christ obviously said, obviously said so. So if that devil is real, how can we not, you know, worry about that? And if we're going to do battle with the devil, if we're not going to succumb to these, to these lusts and lures and lies, if we're not going to do that— yeah. What kind of help are we going to need? Yeah, we need some serious power. So going back to the Lord of the Rings, you think about when these folks joined him, so like Gandalf and and, uh, and these folks, they surrounded Frodo, and they were going to help him with their own gifts and tools. Like this says, I will give you my sword. I will give you my bow. I will give you my axe. So these are going to be power tools to help him along the way. So then... 
But then the KFCW Puff, these are the power tools given from above. So KFC, knowledge, fortitude, counsel, wisdom, piety, understanding, fear of the Lord. So KFCW Puff. These are the things to battle the world, the flesh, and the devil, the lust, the lures, and the lies. These are what fell upon the Lord as the Messiah, right? Remember from Isaiah 1, these gifts that, that fell upon the Lord. So the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. So we're given these at baptism because we're now in Christ, and they're strengthened at confirmation in a deep way. So we're priests, prophets, and kings, but these gifts are called to help us to fight and to make us holy. So you could say that the spiritual gifts in baptism and confirmation are to form us in the person and the character of the Messiah. So I'm giving these day in, day out as a personal Pentecost to then fight the battle and then to respond to what the Lord wants me to do to live his life, to live in him as an anointed one, right? We know the word Messiah, Christ, it means the anointed one. Now I've been anointed, I'm now in him. And I've, I've got these gifts. So, like, it's really interesting. When you look at the Catechism in 1830, it says, The moral life of Christians is sustained by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are permanent dispositions which make man docile in following the promptings of the Spirit. And then it lists the seven gifts. And it says, They make the faithful docile in readily obeying, obeying divine inspirations. So this is a key point that I want to make. Is like, all right, a life in the spirit, this call to be holy, you know, if that these gifts are make are called to make me holy, given to make me holy, then I've got to somehow respond to them. So I, I pray for him. But what St. Faustina, she had said that the shortest road to holiness is faithfulness to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a really positive thing to ponder. The shortest road to, to holiness is faithfulness to the inspirations of, of the Holy Spirit. It's like, hmm. So one, one priest had said that, you know, if you're thinking about, like, what is a holy person, you know, really it's, it's a person who, who, who prays, you know, who, who is trying to respond to these promptings. But, again, we're in sunken flesh. So just I got two little tips here to help all of us for, like, to be more receptive to these promptings. You know, we really got to encourage silence and fasting. Those are the two tools to kind of help uh, quench the distractions of the body, the noise of the world, the noise of the soul. You know, if you want to quiet your flesh to listen more to promptings, those are two tips. But these these seven gifts, you know, these are the day in, day out, uh, the magnificent seven, as we were talking about earlier, to help us kind of fight the battle. If you recall the movie, you know, this village is persecuted by this bad man. So they hire these seven gunslingers to come in, who come in to train them. And to, to fight for them. So these seven gifts, you know, you think about knowledge, to follow the way of the Lord, fortitude, heroic sacrifices, counsel. We can go down and describe all what these gifts mean. Maybe if there's time, we will later on. But just to kind of, tr you know, trudge forward, these are all meant to be the day in, day out, family life, work life, gifts that I'm using to try and become the person that the Lord wants me to be. You know? And we can struggle day to day in these things. And we have to ask, what, once? Just once? I mean, people think of gifts. You know, when you talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit, you think of, okay, some kind of grace that comes down from on high. I got, I got this gift of whether it's knowledge or fortitude or whatever it is, and I got that at baptism. And, you know, it's like, well, okay, is this one magical, mystical, great thing? And <laughs> right. this, is my, this is my gift. Every, every person's given some spiritual gift. This is my gift, and I was given it. But you have to keep getting that same gift. You have to keep yeah. asking. You, I mean, we do struggle every day. 
We do need more strength every day. Yeah, and we got to stir it up too. I mean, I think the Lord is always there. You know, it's like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I mean, we just don't drink water once. We're drinking it all the time. We're eating all the time. So these gifts are the day in, day out. And then, you know, should God give us things that we don't ever ask for? And, you know, who even asks for things that say, okay, I massively lack wisdom. I'm, I lack good judgment. I lack courage. I lack, uh, you know, giving good advice. Come Holy Spirit. You know, I want to be your voice because, I, you know, every believer should have experiences where they're saying like, wow, the Lord used me to be a pinball flipper to keep someone in the game, to be a light bulb to give someone direction in, in life. And the more I think you sense yourself being used as an instrument by God, you see that, you know, life is not just a series of thou shalt not. It's like, um, you know, I think I said in my last talk that we were kind of raised that Christianity was like a religion of thou shalt not. You know, like keep the commandments, right, don't go right. to jail, uh, be a good boy, and just don't do certain things, you know. But no, really, no, no, no. Yeah, right. the Catholic Church is a church of no. It's a church of no, but it's like, no way. I mean, we say no so that our yes can be powerful, right? You, you, you can't say yes if you don't know how to say no, but it's like this is a life in the Spirit. It is an adventure. So that you think about this, the Lord wants us to be his hands, his voice, his body in the world. That's what the church is, the mystical body of Christ. So this is a great adventure. God has planted gifts to be utilized for the sake of his kingdom. It's kind of like, you know, if you look at the church as a boat, think of it as this huge sailboat. Well, guess what? A sailboat is meant to kind of move when you put the sails up and put it in front of the winds. So like this is what we're supposed to do is saying, all right, I've got a sail. It might be little, might be big. I don't know, but I'm going to lift that baby up and ask for the Holy Spirit to move when he wills, where he wills, how he wills to be his light, his message for the kingdom. So Christianity, it's not simply about not doing bad, but it's about doing good. It's about being good. You know, so imagine a world of believers where we're all strive, striving, sinners that we are, weak that we are, to say, Lord, I'm going to put my sail up, you know, help me to be an instrument of your kingdom for somebody in this day and age. So you got to do is put the sail up. You said that quote you gave from Faustina, all you got to do is be open mm -hmm. to the Holy Spirit because those promptings are there. Yeah. And all you have to do really is say yes. Yep. Yep. Just, just lift it up. And that's what prayer is, really. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, this is uh, St. Joseph Radio Presents. We're talking about these spiritual gifts. Um, so, yeah, we need to ask and we need to ask all the time. And what happens when we ask? I mean, usually somebody's listening. We have not because we ask not. I yeah. mean, that's a uh, scripture from James. And I think, you know, is it, is it because we're prideful? I think we're kind of scared uh, at the end of the day. I mean, if I'm, if I'm honest with myself, sometimes you want to say, you know, like my wife and I were talking about how her, she has a strong desire to control. Like they say, men's two uh, weaknesses primarily are to lust and dominate. Women's might be to control and manipulate. I mean, they overlap, <laughs> but I mean, you kinda, the, the, it really makes a lot of sense. But um, in terms of all of us got this desire to control, but we got to really just yield to the Spirit and just kind of let Him take over because, I mean, at the end of the day, we want Him to be doing the work, not ourselves. And it gets a lot easier when we let Him do some of the driving. Mm -hmm. uh, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents. We're coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the realm of the West. We're talking about spiritual gifts with, with our good friend, uh, Sean Miller. He is the Director of Religious Education at Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish in New Melly. And we're going to be continuing to talk about these spiritual gifts when we come back. You know, it's it's um, it's the it's really the fuel, as as you said, Sean, uh, that we need to be able to live our lives, live our lives in Christ, 
um, and do what we're supposed to do. Our Catholic faith, Colby Academy has the solution, offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible and affordable. Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility in home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call. Area code 707-255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. So, welcome back. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, uh, coming to you from St. Louis. We have Dr. Um, we have Sean Miller with us, the director of religious education, Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish, in New Melly. We're talking about spiritual gifts, are we not, Sean? Yeah. So we kind of are going to go from part one to part two. So you know, we said that the seven gifts of the, of the Spirit, in terms of confirmation and baptism, those are kind of for personal holiness. Uh, they're meant to kind of order yourself to conform yourself to the Messiah, the Anointed One. So day in, day out, daily duty. Come Holy Spirit. But then there's also these other gifts uh, that we're going to talk about called charisms that are meant kind of to help really benefit the common good. So these are all ordered to love. As we said, 1 Corinthians 13, that's sandwiched in between 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14 that really talk about these gifts. But it's ordered, said, if I have all these things, if it's not ordered to ultimate love, to will the good of the other, to serve the other, then I'm really, uh, a, you know. A gong, a clashing <laughs> yeah, symbol. Yeah, clashing symbol. So here's here's a question, you know, in terms of we talked last time about at the last break about docility, promptings, inspiration. Uh, name a superhero who has a sixth sense, so to speak, a tingling to let him know that something is not right, something is about to happen, some action needs to be taken. Some I know the answer. Needs to be made. <laughs> it is immediate, almost reflexive in nature. It is Spider Man. Spider Man, right? He was my hero growing up. Uh, I got this picture of me here where I, my mom made this sweater for me and put the Spider-Man on because we went to go see him at some convention center or whatever. But if you think about it, like, um, I like it because Peter Parker, shy, awkward, uh, kind of a goober, you know, and a nerd or whatever, but he gets bit, he gets touched, and all of a sudden his life is transformed, and he's got this new life, this new adventure. So it's kind of a way to understand charisms, right? So that it, it wasn't just about him. This is for something. He began to battle good and evil because he had these newfound powers. So that's what, what we're up against then, too, is that we've been kind of touched bit by the Spirit to then 
listen to promptings, quote, the tinglings, the, the, the inspirations to do good. Now, um, if you want to look these up at some point in time, where, does, where is that in Scripture? It's in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. These are the spiritual gifts. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll just read uh, from a couple of those texts. 1 Corinthians 12, he says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Then he speaks about wisdom, knowledge, gifts of healing, faith, working of miracles, prophesy, ability to distinguish between spirits, various kinds of, 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 of tongues. Romans 12 says prophesying, teaching, encouraging, serving, contributing, leadership, showing mercy, etc. So I, I want to lead, read a little introduction here from uh, Mary Healy has a book called Healing, and she makes just a good distinction that I think is important to kind of know. She says that charismatic gifts or charisms are distributed by the Spirit in different measures to different persons. They are not primarily for personal sanctification, but for building up of the body of Christ. They are by definition gifts that are to be given away, gifts to be used for others. They are distinct from human talents. A charism is not a natural ability, but a supernatural gift. It can enable one to do what is humanly impossible, such as healing, or it can elevate a natural endowment, such as teaching or, or hospitality. Paul lists some of these more obviously supernatural gifts like healings, prophecy, and miracles in the text I've already mentioned. But they're all important. Service, teaching, exhortation, contribution, administration, acts of mercy. So Paul refers to these as manifestations of the Spirit. That means that every time you exercise a charism, God is operating through you. It's not something you possess, only yield to, like a musical instrument the more yielded you are, the more freely the Spirit will play. So that's key there, that, that you know, these are us yielding to the instrumentality of the Spirit. He's like the conductor, right? We're just allowing him to act in us. But we got to know that to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Each is given charisms that perfectly correspond to his or her unique role. So we've all got a song to sing. They say an instrument to play and that... Um, we got to find out what they, what they are. So she concludes saying that many people do not exercise charisms because they have no idea that they even have them. Right. But this is a great loss to the body of Christ. It is a major reason for the weakness of many efforts at evangelization and parish renewal. So that's why Paul says, I don't want you to be uninformed. Earnestly desire these things, get to know them, get to ask for them, and get to working in them. And so why ask for gifts? Because let's face it, we're in a broken world. You know, and that we need these things to help build up the world and the body of, of, of Christ. I mean, just think about it. What if someone has a gift of healing, but they've never had any context with which to utilize it, use it? Practice it, prepare and, for it, you know, and, let God work in it. And there's different kinds of healing, Absolutely, right? yeah. I mean, you, people are thinking, oh, okay, gift of the Holy Spirit, some divine gift. Okay, I touch somebody on the head and I cure them of cancer. But there are lots of different kinds Absolutely, of yeah. healing. And the ultimate really is that you want to have a person who can help heal somebody's soul, you know, in terms of like saying leading them to conversion, you know, leading them to seek God. Because ultimately that's, I mean, who cares if you heal the body if it doesn't help you to heal your soul? I mean, at the end of the day, let's face it, because we're all going to eventually die. But, but these charisms, uh, whether extraordinary or simple and humble, they are graces which directly or indirectly benefit the church. This is from the catechism, right? They are a wonderfully rich grace for the apostolic vitality and for the holiness of the entire body of Christ. 
They're always meant to be in the context of the church, to be discerned by the pastors, to be encouraged by the pastors, all for the common good. And, and so, you know, it might be good here. There's a little booklet called uh, Welcome the Spiritual Gifts. It's by Peter Herbeck. And if you, uh, you, you ought to go to Renewal Ministries, I think it's .net, and you can get a copy of this book. They have a lot of uh, great resources. But he says this prayer for the gifts. He says, Lord Jesus, I ask you to baptize me in your Holy Spirit. I want to receive all that you have for me. Holy Spirit, I ask that you take the reins of my life to lead me, to guide me, and empower me to live a new way of life. I welcome whatever gifts you desire me to have for the building up of the church and for the mission to which you have called me. Come, Holy Spirit. I mean, that, that, that is a beautiful prayer if you have the courage to, to, to pray it. And then in this little pamphlet, he, he lists what some of these uh, gifts are that um, Paul speaks about. There's like under four categories. There's leadership gifts, speaking gifts, sign or power gifts, and service or ministering gifts. So just to name a few of these under leadership gifts, he talks about apostleship, evangelist, pastor, shepherd, and teacher. So these are all gifts where you kind of lead to communicate and guide and administer the, the faith. And you so, could even be a leader just by example. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you think about it just like as, as fathers— we are leaders, teachers, quote, evangelists, apostles, pastors of our own families. Right. You know, and it doesn't have to be uh, someone speaking a lot to be doing that, you know. You don't have to. In order to utilize these spiritual gifts, you don't have to be some larger-than-yourself creation. Right. All you got to do is be you. you got to be you and say, this is a, I'm just a, 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 an ant being carried on the top of an elephant, you know, and, uh, and, and that's the gift of, of the Spirit. So, like, in, in terms of speaking gifts, though, he mentions prophecy, exhorting, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and various understandings of this gift of tongues. And then, so that's the speaking gifts, you know, exhorting, uh, calling forth. And, and those can be exercised in a whole host of ways. Again, we're just trying to kind of give the summary here for people to... Um, you don't have to speak day, in different tongues. We just exhort people to holiness. Yeah. I mean, really, at the end of the day, too, I mean, there's all kinds of an understanding of, of tongues. But really, I, I love the term when it says you're speaking the language of your audience. You know, I'm not going to speak to a three-year-old the way I'm going to speak to a 10-year-old, the way I'm going to speak to a 20-year-old, the way I'm going to speak to an adult audience. So the goal is, Lord, use me in whatever language I'm using to speak the language that someone will understand. But then we've got these sign or power gifts, you know, and, and these are more of the supernatural ones. It's a supernatural faith, miracles, healing, and discernment of spirits. Are we working with an evil spirit or a holy spirit? And, you know, have I ever prayed over somebody for healing, like we said, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, whatnot? And then some of the most common ones we might think about is ministry or helps, hospitality, um, giving, administration, mercy. So, like, these are kind of like gifts that aren't just natural, but there's something supernatural. And really, um, we all need help to kind of both distinguish them from talents and uh, as, as well as, like, are these, are these really charisms working or are they just kind of human actions that I'm just trying to do just because I want to be a nice person? So there is uh, an institute called the Catherine of Siena Institute. I think it's www.siena.org. And their whole mission is helping you to um, basically discern these gifts. You know, they, they got workshops. I, I've got some books here uh, that we, we, we had this workshop at the parish, resource guides on discerning charisms, and they kind of list... I think there's about between 24 to 35 different gifts mentioned in Scripture, and they kind of unpack those and say, you know, are you a person maybe 
has seen to be, bear fruit in this way. You know, so there are these resources, and you go to this website. And yeah. Can, uh, yeah, and I should mention we have the old Catholic Renewal Center here in the Archdiocese of, of uh, St. Louis. So at archstl.org slash renewal, they do Life in the Spirit seminars. They, they help, you know, uh, with these spiritual gifts workshops to kind of all to help a person discern, you know, <laughs> What I have, what I don't have, and how to use these. Now, one of the things that I uh, have kind of learned in my own self is that, you know, how do I know? Well, first, it's good to take a spiritual gifts inventory. And you can, you know, search for these at the Siena Institute. And, there, and there's some, if you look under Catholic churches, there, there's some various dioceses that they have these inventories you can take. But um, they say that, you know, as you're exercising your gift, let's say it's supernatural, uh, the Lord working through me through teaching. You know, I should have a joy in doing it. I, I should have a joy from doing it, you know. It should come as a relative ease, so to speak, that I'm willing to kind of sacrifice and discipline myself and suffer for it. You know, like like there were um, one person said that if you think about the, the charism of, of hospitality, you know, that, that could be a, a real gift. It's a natural gift. But if you do it for the sake of the kingdom of God, you know, if you're trying to really show hospitable mm-hmm. love as a parish, if if you're drained like for three days before and three days after for showing hospitality, maybe that's not your charism, you know. Now we should all have a natural desire to do certain things, you know, in terms of prayer, showing mercy, teaching, craftsmanship, giving, etc. But there's something that kind of goes beyond. So it's like, is this something that helps people to draw closer to the Lord? So let's say I've got a natural talent in singing. All right, well. Do I do it for the kingdom, and are people uplifted, and do they draw closer to God because of it? So do people kind of confirm it? Your singing, your teaching, your prayer has helped change and impact my life for the kingdom. So that's kind of one little short way to kind of help understand a difference between a charism as a gift and a charism as a talent. So again, I just recommend people go to those um, resources there. I mean, what an exciting kind of discovery that would be. I mean, a little exercise in self-discovery, and you can maybe realize things about yourself that you really didn't think about. (laughs) Right. Or even realize that, you know, I've always had this desire to do this, and it always gave me life. Like they say, you know, do what makes you come alive. That's a real good tip for discernment, and especially a life in the Spirit. So it's not just like this natural thing, but what if I had a natural knack for something, but that it, I could have it supernaturally charged. And I, I'm doing it for God, for the kingdom, and it's given me great life because, I mean... How much, thinking, yeah, I mean, if you enjoy doing something, but don't connect it to God, how much more are you going to enjoy it if you do? <laughs> right. Or if there's something you think you're good at, but I'm not, I don't really enjoy it too much, you link God to it, yeah. and that's a whole different story. It is. And, you know, and it's a shame because... Um, you know, we've been given great powers, like I said, first a confirmation, baptism, but then we've got these other gifts. And then, you know, we, we have a responsibility. You know, remember going back to Spider-Man, Uncle Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility. That's kind of a echo where Jesus says, to everyone to whom much is given, much will be required. But until we realize we're in a spiritual battle and until we realize we have good to contribute to the world, we're not really going to ask or, or discern these gifts. So we got to learn to put these gifts, these power tools in practice. So the catechism, the catechism speaks about, you know, basically a life of the Holy Spirit, we should be familiar with his biddings, his, you know, his actions, his gifts. So if you yeah, recall... That's where the silence and the fasting comes in in the prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the scene in Spider-Man where he's first trying to learn how to shoot a web, you know, and he's like, go web! Shazam! <laughs> and he's doing all these things he doesn't really know. But then he kind of yields to it, and then he shoots this web. 
And so then stage one, really, and uh, we'll kind of conclude with this as we wind up here in these next 10 minutes or so, is that bottom line, the church invites us to call upon the Holy Spirit every day, you know. Every day. Every day. Every day. So the word daily means this, every day. This member of the Trinity we usually don't think about. <laughs> right. So I had mentioned earlier when we were talking before the show about, you know, when if you pray the morning offering, that's a great prayer to start out your day. But maybe you can adapt it to include, you know, something about the Holy Spirit. Like I've ad- adapted mine, and, and I insert in there, it says, Come Holy Spirit and, flan into, and fan into flame your gifts, gifts to overcome my fears, gifts of power and love and self-control. So I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to kind of, you know, overcome my own weaknesses and help me to be his light in, in this world. So we got to kind of like, um, you know, first then just ask Seek. That's what the Lord wants us to do. It's kind of like knowing that you've got this bank account with all these funds. You've got to have the card to withdraw it. You know. So I say it's kind of like when you first get a credit card. You know, you have to activate it. In this case, you got to excavate it, and you got to withdraw funds from the Spirit. He wants to do it. Step two: stay close to the main sources where we know the Spirit is alive and active, especially the Mass and Scriptures. Right. Scripture is the living word of God written by the Spirit. You know, uh, C.S. Lewis said, if you want to get warm, you got to stand near the fire. If you want to get wet, you got to get in the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you got to get close to the thing that has them. So we know that this is where the Spirit works, right? The Spirit sanctifies the elements at every Mass. The Spirit is what is filling our hearts in, in, in this liturgy. And so the Mass and the Scriptures, and of course we should mention the Sacrament of Confession, right? It, the the catechism speaks about this, it, you know, this gift of confession gives us this docility and readiness to act. So we kind of purge the dark side, come into the light. We're giving light for our souls, you know, and so it, it helps us to respond more and more to the Spirit's prompting. So again, we talked about silence, fasting, you know, but as well as these sacraments. This uh, great way of looking at it. It says in the catechism, as fire transforms into itself everything it touches. So the Holy Spirit transforms into the divine life, whatever is subjected to his power. And that's that's beautiful. So like the word transform there, you think about Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So trans, trans, being transformed by the renewal of your mind. I mean, that's, you know, if you're in a you know life that's sort of like in a routine, that can, that can really perk it up. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live, St. Louis, Missouri. Here with uh, Sean Miller, Director of Religious Education, and he's educating us <laughs> on the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it can really you know, change your life if you open yourself up to this. Yeah, so, I mean, transformed. I mean, that's what we're all supposed to do. That's conversion. That's repentance. That's growth. So it's like, uh, you know, the word transform there, I mean, St. Paul, it's it's kind of where we get the term metamorphosis, right? You think about a caterpillar uh, changing into a butterfly, <laughs> Which is an amazing thing. I think from a natural level, that's one of the great uh, signs of resurrection life, of conversion life. You've got this, you know, leaf-eating bug (laughs) that gets into this amazing thing called a cocoon, and then it's transformed. So you you look at us. You know, we're earthbound creatures in this thing we call the church. We're being transformed to fly. I mean, what is it? You, mean, you were quoting from St. Paul a lot in 1 Corinthians. It's, it's in there. I forget. Was it 13 or 14? Anyway, she talks about, you know, we're, we're made corruptible, born corruptible, and then, you know, we become 
we've become glorious. Yeah. And it's exactly the same thing with the caterpillar and the butterfly. Yep. What a yeah, what a tremendous analogy. Yeah. So you think about that is our minds, again, because of original sin, we're actually prone to uh, more stupidity than light. So that we need to do what? So to be transformed in the renewal of our mind, we've got to study. And, you know, it's amazing that it's almost like when people get out of school that they were forced to do it, it's like they forget. It's like, well, you know, don't you find the joy in reading and learning and learning about these gifts? I mean, St. Jose Escrivá said an hour of study is an hour of prayer. Because if you're, if you know, what is prayer? It's lifting the heart and mind to God. So if I'm studying spiritual sources, you know, scriptures or books, then I am, I am, um, you know, filling myself up with the life of the Spirit. So, in fact, one of the precepts of the church it says to study Catholic teaching in preparation for the sacrament of confirmation, to be confirmed, and then to continue to study and advance the cause of Christ. That's an actual church precept in the U.S. Here, you know, so that I, I've got. I've got to study, read, pray, grow. I mean, like, if you've ever read the book or heard of it called The Four Signs of a Dynamic Catholic, one of those is to is to study. I mean, if you would just read five pages of a great Catholic book every day, you know, uh, in a span of 25 years, you've read 228 books with an average length of 200 pages, you know. So just imagine if we could become more familiar in our knowledge of these gifts of the Holy Spirit as we are with all the trivial stuff. <laughs> that we know that we win these trivia contests that they have with parishes. You know, like, what if we all knew, if, if you had a parish trivia contest and, and the topic was spiritual gifts, I wonder how many people would score a, a, a 10 in that category. So, so kind of just to review, um, so how do I unpack? How do I unwrap? How do I grow in, in these gifts of, of the Spirit, right? So step one, it's really to, it's ask, Right, you know, ask, seek, knock, ASK. So we got to ask the Holy Spirit, you know, come stir in me, move in me, baptize me, release in me, empower me, you know. And again, we've almost got to maybe say, Lord, give me the courage to even ask, because we all know that, you know, to be a yielding vessel of, of the Spirit, there's a certain dying of self, but it's like it's meant to give us new life, you know. It's like the caterpillar uh, afraid to ever say, I don't want to get in the cocoon because something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. But only when it's a butterfly, like, oh, wow. Thank you, Lord. This is pretty good. This is pretty cool. I'm no longer, <laughs> I can fly. So so step two, it's stay close to the fire, right? We talked about the mass, the scriptures, confession, um, you know. And if you want to stay hot, you got to stay close to the fire. Step three, uh, study. You know, we become the books we read. So um, I always love my best image that I've liked to think about confirmation and the release of the spirit and being changed. You know, of course it's the caterpillar to butterfly, but but it's really popcorn. Popcorn. Y- yeah. I don't know if you like when I was a kid we had this thing, it was kind of called a stir crazy uh bowl. And it was like this this bowl that you put the popcorn in and then you put the oil in and I have a picture of it here. But um, you know, what is popcorn? You know, think about it in terms of the spiritual life. It's a hardened yellow Closed in, you can think of it in terms of selfish being, but yet when you expose it in this bowl we call the church and you add oil and heat to it, what happens? There is a transformation that goes on where the outer shell is cracked and then it becomes food for the world. So here, from from a hardened thing to food for the world, this is what Christians are meant to be, you know? So we got to kind of crack this shell open. And I think when we do that and then when we experience this change, I mean, granted, it's going to possibly, you know, it's going to change us, you know, but it can it can be life. So 
2 Timothy says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So it's like we got to ask for it. We got to ask people to pray over us. We got to stir it up within ourselves. Maybe go to a life in the spirit. Maybe go to the Sienna.org website. And then to then just really um, slowly but surely walk in the gifts, try to utilize, practice makes perfect. But at the end of the day, this is not something that we can control. We just can kind of yield to. So um, I always like this is that um, at the end of our conversation, oftentimes I, I have three kids, they're 20, 18, and 16, and, you know, we've, uh, I'll kind of joke, like, usually on the way to Mass, I, what I'll always say is, like, what are you bringing to the table? You know, like, what are you going to put on the altar there, you know, to be transformed? And then when, when we're at home at night, so I'll ask my kids, what did you do today of moral value? <laughs> you know, they ask them, say, did you just yeah. live your day just to make cash? Or did you do anything of moral value of a life in the Spirit? And then I'll say, where did you see the Spirit working today? You know, what event, what person, what conversation? Where at? And then it's good to ponder to say, wow, you know, I saw the Spirit working day when I had a conversation with somebody, when I saw somebody, you know, uh, pray over somebody else, when, you know, there was a situation in traffic where I saw this or whatever. But I think in terms of if we're thinking about our conversations day in, day out, if we begin to kind of reflect on those, if we're asking for those, I mean, there's a serious change that goes on. A very serious change. Yeah. I mean, that you know, what you're talking about is that, uh, you know, one of the realities of life is change. And if we're living our lives so that we never are open to change, then I guess we're not really alive, are we? Yeah, and again, there is a certain dying to self. It, it, it takes to overcome fears. So that's why I say, you know, Lord, help me to overcome my fears uh, because we know that the spirit of the world really instills fear. The spirit of God instills courage. So it's like, but he's not going to rape our intellect or, you know, overpower us with his presence. He's going to say, I'm a gentleman. I'm going to come in. I'm going to knock, but I'm not going to force my way into the door. You know, you got to open. It's like that famous, you know, um, Holman Hunt, the uh, picture of Jesus knocking on the door. The doorknob is on the inside. So it takes simple as to ask, stay close to the fire, you know, and then and then study, begin to journal, write it down. Just pay attention to where the Lord's working in your life. And you'll be amazed, I think, day in, day out, where you'll see him moving inside you, moving around you, moving about you. And uh, what a gift to be a light in his life, to try and be a light shining in this darkness. Sean, I really want to thank you for joining us today. We learned uh, so much. It's been our pleasure to have Sean Miller with us today. This has been St. Joseph Radio Presents, learning all about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the charisms of the Holy Spirit, and how we can transform to actually uh, do God's will and be happier in the process. So it's been our pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed it. Please join us again. listening to St. Joseph Radio presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.